Hello guys, this is Barry J and welcome to a new episode. Today's episode is going to be on the Bible study, aka cult. Yes. <laughs> oh man. We are in you are in for a very interesting um story. First thing I want to let all of you know that if you are a newly Christian or if you're just trying to really understand the word and spend time with God, I realize now that it doesn't have to be in a big group. It doesn't have to be part of a church. You know what you're the best way to understand God's word? Asking him. That just hit me on the head right now. Like, (laughs) oh, I could have avoided so much of this. But anyway, but honestly, the best way to understand what God is saying, ask him. He put those words in their minds. And, you know, the people who wrote the Bible, you know, Luke, John, Matthew, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the 66 books, right? And about 35 authors. God laid those words, those plans, those parables on their hearts. And they wrote what God told them. So why not ask the original author, Hey, what did you mean by this? So honestly, if you really want to seek God, seek God yourself, especially when you're just starting out. Because what saves me is that so many people around me study the word. That's what saves me. That's what helps me is I had that that foundation. Um, I went to church, you know, I've been going to church my whole life. So that foundation of the church I, I went to since I was like five or six, it really helped me understand and the discernment, you know, the Holy Spirit poking me like, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound right. And it saves me from joining it. It really, really saved me from joining this cult. Um, and honestly, I was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. I was seriously trying. I was trying not to be like, you know, just to be like, oh my God, is the cult and leave. Okay, this cult is called the New Heaven, New Earth. Okay, it takes place in Korea. Um, South Korea, Avi. Um, but the people I was talking to, you know, sounded and looked just like me. That's not the, the issue isn't that it comes from Korea, you know. A lot of good things probably come from there. Um, but the issue is that it's a cult. And it almost got me. Like, honestly, I'm not... How do you put it? Like, I watched the Jamestown documentary. I watched these these documentaries on, like, cults about aliens and whatnot. So I'm like, why didn't it hit me in the head? Like, hello. But it did. It did. But I kind of ignored it a little bit. Because I was just interested. I wanted to know what they were going to say. But honestly, I should have known so glad God was like hello hello um you know there are a few things that happened that were big red flags that I chose to ignore and then the last class the class is it yesterday no we have bible study on Monday so the class on Monday one of the things she said they said I just couldn't I just I couldn't sit by it because that was false teaching but anyway now I really have to I I really have to work on getting rid of that programming just like when I fell in the rabbit hole watching all these conspiracy theories about everything it's really crazy what people believe it's really crazy 
I mean, some people believe that the president of the U.S. is not a real president, that he he's not real, it's a paid actor, and that the White House is a green screen. It's really crazy, guys. One of the reviews said it was Tyler Perry Studios. I'm like, no way. I mean, yes, Tyler Perry does have a replica of the White House, but exactly, it's a replica. But we're not even going to get to that. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. But yes, oh my gosh, guys. And half of me was like, dang, I just wanted to get closer to God. I just really wanted to understand the Bible and the Word and to really... But it was good intentions. It always starts off with good intentions. And also, I might get rid of the app that I have because a lot of cult members are on there. It's called United Young. And honestly, I might get rid of it. And it's supposed to be for Christians to talk to other Christians, you know, find friends, find whatever. But honestly, I might just delete it because... So, let's let's back up like... Oh, man. I'm going to have to check the app. That's how far... Okay. So, this was in August. July, August of last year. And I met this person... I'm not going to tell you everything about her, obviously. But I'll just put it into this perspective. Her name is... Her name is Jay. And she is not too far from me. She lives in the next state up. But yes, her name is Jay. And she lives um, not too far from me. And now a red flag, because I had to revisit her the profile, but... Um, I was on the front side, you know, just looking for Christian friends, not really looking for dating because why, right? I have so much going on. I don't need to add that. Um, but anyways, we talked, we got to know each other. Um, one thing I now realize is she never mentioned what church she goes to, which should have been a red flag because most people when they're a member of a church that they really love and care about it is public you're like yeah i go to this church i've been there for 20 years but she never really mentioned that and every time we really met it was always almost like like a um almost like a lecture like, every time we talked to each other, it was almost like she was preaching to me or something. And I I don't know, sometimes it always made me feel like, you know, she's way up here and I'm down here. But that just, you know, that just could be because she's older than me. So I was like, okay, she's older than me. She's had life experiences that I haven't had yet, you know. But then she mentioned the person that helped her learn more about the Bible um, and I met with her and we were having one-on-one Bible studies and the way she taught I mean she really has a gift of teaching she really um, her name's going to be S she is from maybe Illinois oh Indiana that's right <laughs> she's from Indiana and her name is S and I was going to her Bible study back and forth, one-on-one Bible study, maybe five or six months. And I really enjoyed it. Like, nothing that she was saying didn't seem weird. It wasn't until she mentioned, oh, there's a group Bible study at my church. And every I noticed that there's always almost like a hesitancy when she first told me, my church. I'm like, what's your church called? And that's when she said, oh yeah, new heaven, new earth. And don't, you know, people say a lot of mean things about us online that aren't true. And that's when the red flag, another red flag was like, people are saying mean things to you on the internet. And of course, um, 
if she told me what time it met, uh, we, uh, what time it gets started, it's 10 o'clock, Monday, Thursday, and at the time, I was like, perfect, you know, I was unemployed, um, so, it was perfect, so I attended Bible study, maybe it's been a month or two since I joined Bible study, um, and then I got hit with the big old jury duty, yeah, that was lovely. Um, so because of that, I couldn't attend the Bible study time anymore at 10 a.m. I could only do the evenings after I knew jury duty was over. So I met with the instructor one-on-one for those three three to four weeks. And once again, um, I noticed there's a lot of repetition. Like, there's certain parts of the Bible we we didn't go to at all. And there are other scriptures that we went over three or four times, which I found really interesting. Um, and also how it was mostly on the parables. Like, we talked about the different, like, the purpose of the Bible and how they can be broken into different errors or different needs, but we spent most of our time doing the elementary teaching, which was on parables. Because I've had eight lessons so far, and all of them were on parables. And I also found it really interesting on how everything, how one thing had to equal a person. Like, oh, a field's a person. The horse they're mentioning, oh, that's a person. Oh, the pot that's mentioned, that's a person's heart. The field's a person's heart. The tree is um, a pastor or a chosen, someone chosen to spread God's word. I'm like, hmm, that part might, might be true. But why I feel like these parables mean a lot more than just this means a person, that means a person. There has to be more to it. Um... And one thing she mentioned, and I was still kind of weary because as soon as my jury duty was over, they're like, oh, start 10 o'clock stuff again. And oh, how this, this program is nine months long. And you can't, you have to have your camera on the entire time. You have to be there on time. But they, you know, we can start at 10 o'clock and we can go over to like 12 o'clock, but that's fine. And it's like, no, that's two whole hours. I can't afford to do that when I'm working. I can't afford that. So I don't know if those people are working or not, but hey, that doesn't fit me. That doesn't fit my schedule. But yeah, that's what I've noticed. That's what I've noticed. And how you can't take pictures at all. How you can't eat. How you can't drink. How you have to have proper posture. How you can't have any outside noise. How you have to have your headphones on in your own house. You can't have a blaring out for everyone to hear. It has to be in your headphones. And in a room by yourself. And then how they pressured you. They pressured you to find somebody else to join the Bible study. They kept pushing that. At one point, it was a required question to answer on the homework. And I put what I always put. I don't know. And how if I did choose somebody, if I did find somebody, you know what that means? I can't talk to them about the Bible study. They have to talk to the teacher the instructor first I can't talk to them about the Bible study the instructor has to do it and all this all combined into one and then on that Friday she said the how in the scripture when it talks about the faith of a mustard seed how we have to have faith like a mustard seed she said that's a false teaching I'm like, well, what else can it be? And she was saying, oh, yeah, the seed, uh, the, uh, seed equals the word. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with this. 
If it wasn't faith like a mustard seed, then why did it literally say in the Bible? Why did the scripture say faith like a mustard seed? Not word. That doesn't even make sense. If you if you took if we took out word, have the word like a mustard seed? No, that doesn't make sense. Because a mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds in the world. That's why it's so significant. That's why Jesus was saying faith like a mustard seed. Because just a little bit of faith, a little bit of hope can change everything. But you can't have a little bit of the word. You have to have all of it. The Old Testament, the New Testament, all 66 chapters. You have to have all of it. That's the whole point. It's like comparing something micro to macro. No. But um. anyway, back to what she said on Monday. Oh, yeah. And let me also mention the homework. We have homework, which I'm like, okay, whatever. And they're always a good amount of questions. It's always about what does this mean? What does that mean? And at one point, she mentioned that, oh, God doesn't hear prayers from the wicked. But when you're an unbeliever, you would be considered, you know, a sinner, right? We're all sinners. But we are, we are redeemed by Jesus, right? That's the difference. And when you're a sinner, you start off as an unbeliever. The first prayer that an unbeliever prays is show me, God, show me you're real. God, prove to me you exist. God, how do I change my situation? God, how do I change my life? And that's how they know God exists because he he does something. Something that touches their heart. Something that's just for them. That works just for them to prove that he exists. To prove that he's there. If God didn't hear our prayers, the prayers of the wicked, God would have never heard any of our prayers. Because before we are saved, we are sinners. We are wicked. So if God never heard prayers from unbelievers, then we would have never believed. And Monday, we're talking once again about other stuff of the Bible study. And honestly, guys, I put so much effort into this Bible study. When I tell you I do the homework on time, I make sure I have my camera on. I tried really, really hard to listen to them. And... I've realized how damaging that was because at some point I would I would forget to do stuff that I needed to do or I would submit my Bible study homework but be late for all my other assignments and that's when I realized God wouldn't force me that hard to study his word he would encourage me no doubt he might even convict me but he's not going to force me not going to make me feel like I have no choice that I have to do this to be worthy of something, worthy of his love, worthy of his grace, worthy of his mercy. But newsflash, we never will be worthy. We were born sinners. Remember? God's doing it because he loves us. Not because we are worthy. But that proves why God is worthy. Of all the praise, of all the honor, of all the admiration, of all the love, right? And she mentioned something about John the Baptist. She mentioned that John the Baptist, you know, he was he came for Jesus to make a way for the Messiah, right? He was baptizing people with water, right? And he mentioned, you know, there will be a Messiah who comes that won't baptize you with water I'm paraphrasing but will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit right? right and that 
Jesus came and that's when John the Baptist was like, hey, look who's here. The Messiah's here. Remember the Messiah was telling you guys about? Well, he's here. And he still was, John the Baptist was trying to still baptize people with water. And then eventually um, he went to prison because of King Herod. He called out King Herod. You know, no one likes to be called out. Why? Because lights, because darkness can't stay in the light. That's why the darkness hates the light hates being exposed for what it is right that's why when people do a lot of bad things a lot of dirty things a lot of you know for example the addiction I suffer with a lot of people don't know that why because it's not something I'm proud of because I know it's not right but once you give it to God you won't have the shame that comes with the sin you won't have the guilt that comes with the sin being condemned so if you really want to be free of your sins of your addictions of your habits that you know aren't benefiting you or your spiritual relationship with God then repent repent turn from your wicked ways and that will help you you will be healed you will be free And if people from your past try and bring it up, it won't impact you because you gave it to God. So the guilt and the shame, it doesn't impact you anymore. But anyways, King Arod got upset because John the Baptist called him out for him being unfaithful to his wife. Um, And this is a part she said our instructor mind you said that John the Baptist went his own way and he was arrogant and greedy if you know anything about John the Baptist he was a complete opposite okay they talk about the same guy who was eating grasshoppers and honey yeah him you think he was greedy or the same guy who said more of you and less of me yeah you think he's arrogant I don't think someone who's arrogant would say something like that or who would make way for the messiah and when people would come up to him saying are you the messiah are you the messiah he would say no it's not me I'm merely a human being an arrogant person wouldn't say that an arrogant person would take all the glory and arrogance and greed, those are the Pharisees. And she claimed that John the Baptist was like a Pharisee. The same people he went up against. John the Baptist and the Pharisees were not best friends. They were the opposite of each other. And that's when it hit me. That's not right. That's wrong. That is a complete false teaching. And that's when I realized, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and, what, and what made it funny was, um, on Friday I was doing my assignment, and the assignment asked for an example of prayer. And in my head I'm like, you don't need an example of prayer. It doesn't matter what words you say. Well, it does, but it matters your heart, what your heart says, what your heart's telling God. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. You can just sit in silence. Sometimes you just need to feel God's peace. You don't always have to say anything. There's no such thing as a right or wrong prayer. The only form of prayers that need to be modified are the prayers you make when you know, you kind of treat God like a genie. Oh, God, I want a car. Oh, God, I want the, the winning numbers to the scratch-off ticket I bought. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those are the ones that aren't necessarily right. Those are the ones that need to be fixed. But as long as you're not saying, God, give me a car. Give me a house. Give me all these material things. 
you should be on the right track. As long as your prayers are honest, don't promise things you can't keep, or maybe don't promise at all. A is effort. If that sees you trying, sees you're really trying to get closer to him, he will motivate you. He will show you, okay, what you're doing, your intent was good, but your method was bad. Or your intent was good, but your sources aren't credible. And that's what I see what happened with me. My intention was good, but the sources I listened to, I learned from, they weren't credible. And it was funny because they were telling me to watch out for videos on YouTube that they have a lot of false teachings on there. Yet when I searched up New Heaven, New Earth on YouTube, guess who was there? Yeah, the survivors of the New Heaven, New Earth cult. I knew. But I pray that next time the Holy Spirit's like, that doesn't look right, that doesn't seem right. I believe it. I would have saved myself a whole lot of time. Because at one point, J.S. and the instructor, they were hitting me up more than my own friends. Where? But that's what they do. They'll make it where your current friends are them. Your only friends are them. You don't have any outsider friends, outsider sources, outsider anything. And I just can't do that. I can't do that. Well, anyways, guys, thank you for listening to my episode. And really, if the Holy Spirit is telling you this doesn't feel right, this doesn't look right, believe him. Believe it. Do not keep going. Because during my prayer, I said, God, I want the truth. Give me a sign that this Bible study ain't it. And I will stop. And God sure enough did. Because that's when they talked about John the Baptist was a Pharisee. I sure enough got my sign that I could not ignore. John the Baptist was one of the few people. Kind of like Moses. You know, Moses and Noah who were really faithful to God. Who made the way for Jesus to come. He was the last person to do that. And for you to put him under the same title as the false teachers yeah that's not right and I was like I was you know because I'm a people pleaser you know so I didn't want to flat out tell them no but how am I going to tell them no without telling them no and what I came up with is I'm just letting them know hey I won't be able to do bible study anymore I'm so busy I can't commit when really you're false teaching And the commitment's too much for me. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go under that umbrella. But I'll keep y'all posted. Because if they get crazy. I'm blocking all of them. And I'm deleting the app. It's really crazy out here. And to think the church I went to was worse than that. But anyway, guys, this is part two. This this is really, really crazy, you guys. So I sent a text message to everybody letting them know, you know, the instructor and two other people, J and S. I let them know I'm not going to I can't do Bible study anymore. You know, I'm moving to North Carolina. I'm looking for a full time job now. I just I don't have time to commit to that 10 a.m. twice a week. I can't do it. 
But that doesn't mean I'm not still spending time with God, you know. I still, I'm going to do that. You know, I have my quiet time in the morning and at night. And I I still listen to Christian music, you know, my, like, um, car radios, Christian music, you know. It's, that's not the issue. So, so yeah, that's not an issue for me. Um, I definitely spend time with God, you know, whenever, however. Um, I've actually gotten better with that because previously before, if it was anything with God and it wasn't on a Sunday, I kind of was like, oh, well, wait till Sunday. But now it's like any day of the week, any time, you know, I'm getting better with that. Um, but anyways, back to the story. <laughs> so I met with her last night and I basically I told her to her face because half of me wanted to just ghost them. But the other half of me was like, no, we should stick up for ourselves and we should really be honest. And as somebody who's a people pleaser, that was really intimidating for me. As I'm so used to like holding it in, not saying anything, not defending myself. I'm so used to doing that. And I feel like that was part of the reason why the Bible study was so important was that I would get to a certain level of fed up and to stick up for myself and for my decision. And I feel like that was important because you have to have a boundary that people can't cross. If you have no boundary, people will use you and abuse you. But if you have a boundary and that if people, once they hit that boundary, you have to cut them off immediately. There's, I mean, it doesn't matter how close you are. It doesn't matter who it is. You have to take a break from them once they once they're really starting to approach your boundaries and have no care or regard for you know your emotions and you as a human being and your validation Mm-mm. and god will give you a sign because when i remember um i prayed to god and was like give me a sign that this bible study if it's legit if it's of you or if it's not and that John the Baptist being like a Pharisee, that was a big sign. And then you have to have your camera on 24-7 during the Bible studies and that you, no one else can hear it except you. You have to have your headphones in. That's another sign. Because if it really was about God, why was it so secretive? We talked about how the light and the darkness can't be near each other. How the darkness hates the light because their bad deeds are being exposed well it's the same thing if you were really preaching the word of god you should you wouldn't be afraid to let everybody know you wouldn't be afraid if they're doing this bible study in a public place or if they're recording you or if they're taking pictures of your slides you'd be happy you'd be willing to you'd be happy that somebody wants to share it with the you know their friends their family members um and of course, they did push you to, they did push you to meet people or think of a name in particular to give them. But once again, you couldn't contact that person. You couldn't tell them about the teachings you're learning in the Bible study or how you really enjoy it. You had to keep it vague and then give it to somebody else. The instructor was the one that contacted the person. They talked to them first, and then they joined the Bible study. That part was also a, re- a big red flag. I mean, of course, any instructor would want to check in on, you know, an, a possible new student. Of course, that's not out of the ordinary. But what makes it weird is that if, say, you know, if it's someone you're really close to, you can't tell them about the teachings. That was another part. They mentioned that, that you can't mention teachings to anyone because you don't really know what the word or you don't really know what you're talking about. So don't tell people about your teachings. But now when I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing how crazy it really was. And I told her um, before I joined the call, I I said another prayer. (laughs) I was like, please, God, let me stand. Let me be firm, but still cordial. Let me be able to continue with this conversation but to not you know necessarily raise my voice as in being angry or whatever I mean of course you know the adrenaline was running 
right? And you know, I'm an anxious person, but I still was able to hold my ground. Every time she came up with a scripture to try and contradict what I was saying, I would have a response. And that's because of the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm telling you guys, relationship over religion, that's the only way to go. Yes, it is really important to spend time in the word. Of course, 100%. Because had I not had a foundation at my previous church, I would have believed her. That's the issue. That's the problem is that because I had that foundation already, I knew enough to know this wasn't right. I mean, at some points, it did feel a little frustrating on my end because I felt like, ugh, I wish I had a verse to rebuttal it. But that's the whole reason why I needed the Bible study, a good one, because I want to be able to do that. That when these, when people like, um, when people will come into my space and try and contradict what I'm about, especially when in, in terms of, you know, ministry work or something, I want to be able to not just have the Holy Spirit giving me an answer or a response, but to also be able to give verses that, you know, support my opinion. But that's once again why when she brought out random verses left and right, I was like, that's true. But we also have to be careful not to take the Bible out of context to support our um our beliefs. We have to really be careful with that because there's a there's one verse that says this is right and another verse that'll tell you this is wrong. But if you have a relationship with God, you'll know the difference. You'll know the difference between, you know, the Old Testament and why it was important at that time. You know, it's important to read and understand their traditions and customs, right? Because that explains certain parables in the New Testament. But the Old Testament is also important because it shows you how how the world used to be before Christ and how much how he has changed everything how how much has changed since then because she she tried to bring up the part of um because I mentioned you know I'll just continue reading the word on my own because that's what I was doing before and I actually was learning a whole lot but I stopped because I forgot why I stopped. But I guess I wanted a Bible study where I'll be able to, you know, actually discuss it. Yeah, I would miss that part of it. But once again, I mentioned I can go to North Carolina and join a church there that has a Bible study. There's so many other options where we aren't stuck to just one. And she was, of course, trying to explain, oh, it's a spirit. It's a time of famine and all that famine. But I said it was a feast because God is all around us. The Holy Spirit is a, is within us. It's, of course, there's false teachings out there. Hello, why do you think I'm a victim to one of them? There's false teachings there everywhere too. You're absolutely right. But there's good ones as well. Yeah, they're going to be harder to find. But that doesn't mean that you can't find them. And once again, you have a relationship with God, you'll be able to discern if that's truly what God wants you to do, if that's truly the teaching and the will of God, or if it's not, if it's the opposite, because the truth will set us free, right? And if you ask God for the truth, get ready for the truth. It's not going to be something, you know, that you're really going to want to hear, right? Because the word is like a sword. So it's going to hurt. It's going to kill your pride. It's going to kill your um your human you know your flesh it's going to kill your flesh but that's the whole point it's going to kill your flesh so it's going to hurt more of like like i said your pride your ego you're going to be like well dang i'm really ain't you know but that's the point the truth sets you free and lies they sound good they feel good they look good it's almost too good to be true that's how you know it's a lie. But I mentioned that, and it honestly, it was just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And like I said about the Pharisee point, yes, you're right. The Pharisees did know the Bible front to back. They knew everything, but they lacked a relationship with God. And they didn't understand what they were reading because if they were able to understand what they were reading, they would have known that the Messiah was already here. And because it was before, the Pharisees were during the time of the first coming of Christ, the Holy Spirit wasn't there yet. And the Holy Spirit also helps us with discernment. 
with miracles, signs, and wonders. Like, don't. <laughs> Guys, it was so crazy. It went on for at least, at least, I think, a half hour. Either it went on for a half hour or an hour and a half. Honestly, I didn't even think about it. But it, it really was almost like a spiritual warfare. It really was. It gets tiring at some points. But I kept going. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I told you I can't commit. And they used everything. They used answers I put before about, you know, being anxious on certain decisions. They tried to use everything I told them to attack me, but it didn't work. It didn't work because I knew what I meant when I put that answer. And also because I prayed for a sign and that sign was enough. I was confident enough to know that this teaching wasn't right and my time with this is over. But they couldn't take no for an answer. You made a commitment. You made a commitment. What is God? What do you think God thinks about this? You, you made a commitment to him. And you're right. But he allowed all these changes to happen in my life for a reason. If he wanted me to stay in that Bible study, my application wouldn't have got accepted. I wouldn't even probably have had jury duty. Because that took away three weeks. I missed three weeks worth of class. So I'm like, if all these changes weren't meant to happen, then why did they happen? If God didn't want me to go to North Carolina, I wouldn't be going there. Because when I was in BayPep, if you would have asked me what school I'm looking at, I would have said maybe a math school or Florida. I was not thinking about North Carolina. I was not thinking about the school my friend goes to. Okay, when she first told me she was applying to that school, I was like, okay, you know, good for you. I didn't even consider that a school for me. That's how I know. And I also know because everything from Florida fell apart. All my plans I was trying to do for Florida, all every single one of them fell apart. And NCCU came through, and so did um, the community college I went to. So it's like, no, too much has happened. You know, the old me probably would have took it because once again, you know, being a people pleaser and with anxiety, you hate confrontation. I didn't enjoy it one bit, but it was necessary. I had to because they weren't going to let me go. And I had to let them know that I'm leaving no matter what you think, no matter what you tell me, no matter how many times you call me or, or send messages to me or emails, I'm not participating in this Bible study. And I had to be firm on that because I'm going to be living in my own apartment by myself pretty soon, which means people are going to try and come into that space. Maybe not necessarily physically, but emotionally, but mentally, they're going to try and come to that space. They're going to try and go past those barriers that I have. And I have to be able to say no. If I can't learn to say no to them, How am I going to learn to say no to anybody else? Because the hardest ones are the ones you have a relationship with. And yeah, you're right. I did. I really did enjoy the Bible study. There are parts that I really did enjoy, but there are other parts that I didn't enjoy. And it also shows me, hey, if I can stay committed to a false teaching for six months, then I can only imagine what I would have been able to do had it been real. Had it been, you know, what God wanted for me at that time. And I feel like half of it was just, you know, I'm not necessarily, of course, I'm not hurt because I don't really know them. But it more, most of it is just that disappointment. It's just disappointing, you know, because I really wanted to spend time with God. And I thought that this was going to be it. But now I can see how the Pharisees, how Paul, how, you know, other disciples, how easy it really is to get bamboozled. How easy it really is to get fooled. I mean, of course, I knew there always was a risk, right? But I didn't know it was that severe. And, oh, oh man, this this episode is going to take... This is going to be a long episode. I apologize in advance. This episode is going to be a little bit... It's going to be lengthier than the other episodes I normally have, but I just had to let you guys know that, that honestly, if there's a church, especially when it comes to God, if there's a church, 
there's a ministry and somebody is contacting you about, hey, we have a really great God-led ministry, make sure you're paying attention. Pay attention to what they're saying. Pay attention to how they treat you. How do they respond when you say, I can't do this, or you say, I can't do that? That will show you everything, because God is all about free will. Of course, he never likes when we, you know, aren't spending time with him, of course. But he always waits for us to come back, right? The prodigal son returns. He always waits for us to come back. But you know that God's will is free will. He allows you to sin. He allows you to repent and come back. Right? But with them, with these cults, with them, they try so hard to make sure you don't leave. Because once you leave, you'll never be welcomed back again. That's the worst part. I just feel so disappointed. Like, (laughs) I went to Baptist church since I was five or six years old, and it took them six months, and I almost lost my way. And it just shows that I really have to work on my discernment. I really have to work on spending time with God and making sure I'm on the right track. Because I almost wasn't again, and it's... I feel like that part, but I feel like it also was a learning experience. You know, I learned what not to do. What kind of Bible study doesn't work for me? What kind of Bible study is false teaching? But if there's anything like that, especially dealing with God or churches or anything, and you have even a tiny amount like maybe 25%, you're like, mm, something doesn't feel right, run, <laughs> for real, run, okay, do not continue, leave while you still can, leave while you still can, if there's a toxic relationship, or toxic friendship, that you're still holding on to, and you're wondering, why do I feel this way, why do I feel like I'm stuck, because you are, Because as soon as I finished that Zoom call, I felt God tell me this was the last thing you needed to let go of before you can move on. And the longer you wait, the longer you wait, the worse it gets. So please, if there's something that just doesn't feel right, believe it. It's okay to believe it. It's okay to realize maybe this isn't for me. And pray. Pray, 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 pray. Please pray before you make a serious decision such as joining any a ministry or a group like that. Please pray. Because you... Because our human emotions are one day up, next thing down. Which is true. But... God's word and God's way of doing things are black and white. It's either of God or it's not. And I just had to, (laughs) I guess, yeah, I just had to, you know, vent to express how I was feeling. And it's just, I think also because of the timing of it. I had just, it was two years after I wasn't part of a church and it kind of joining that bible study for five months or whatever made me become lazy made me stop looking for other churches to possibly join because once I joined that church that um once I joined that bible study with s like in October everything kind of I kind of got lazy in the church looking aspect. Because, oh, well, I'm having Bible study. That's good enough. And no, you need that connection. 
with women and men of Christ. You need that. You need to have a some kind of fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Because we're social beings. So when we're disconnected for so long, that makes us more prone to getting stuck in toxic groups or relationships or cults like that. They look for people like us. So if you're an introvert and you're on your own and you're trying to figure out how to get connected back to the spiritual world in terms of a church or organization or a ministry, pray about Pray about it before you make a decision and actually joining. Because that is a commitment. And yes, when things get bad, it's okay to quit. It's okay to quit. If you know it's hurting you mentally, hurting you physically or spiritually, not what God wants you to do, it's okay to quit. That doesn't mean you give up on religion totally, which a lot of people did. When they get stuck in these cults and stuff, they end up becoming atheists. And I understand it. I understand it. But anyways, guys, other than that, I hope you guys have a enjoy the rest of your day. And um <laughs> This has been a very interesting episode of Infinite Sky. You've been listening to a new episode from my podcast, Infinite Sky. This is Barry J signing off. Have a great day. Bye.